Welcome to the Athlon Sports Cover 2 Podcast, Oktoberfest. No one's ever thought of that. It's my term. Here on the podcast. Well, no, I'm on your podcast, so it's our term. I didn't. I can't steal it from my co-host. We're off and running, at Athlon Mitch, at Braden Gall. Yeah, if you coin a phrase or term, if you came up with something as cool and as smart and as savvy as the moment, it would be our podcast's to is, own, just like Oktoberfest, no one's ever said that before. So this, this is, is the Oktoberfest the moment version. Oktoberfest kind of became popular. So here's the plan for today's pod: um, slightly, just a slight tweak in how we're going to cover the games this week. Not a great slate of action. Obviously, two or three really awesome games at the top. Um, some critical middle games, but just not a not a huge slate of action. So we will we will sort of do an October preview for college football, something we've never done before, and it will sort of function. Throughout the course of the podcast, so as you as we talk about Ohio State Indiana, we'll talk about Ohio State's schedule and what they've got coming up and what their October looks like, because sort of October is the I don't know how to describe it. The terminology, Mitch. Uh, by the way, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, I don't know what the terminology is, but it's sort of the appetizer for the entree that is November, that is college football. That's so the table for who's a real contender. Yeah, I mean you're gonna solve you're gonna solve a lot of things in college football in, in October. And what you have to do is survive October. September is figuring out who you are, what you are, how good are you. Some teams are much better than we thought, worse than we thought. October sort of solidifies all that, and all of a sudden, game on in November. And that's when you get Penn State versus Michigan in, in week one of November. Alabama LSU, week one of November. So it, so it builds up into November. So we'll kind of look at, at this week's games, but also look ahead at the month that will come. Uh, we got your picks against the spread as well. And... I want to. I want to start though quickly. By the way, I'm only three straight three and zero weeks from being six over five hundred for the season. Just let that sink in. It's going to take some time, okay? Because that's a lot of numbers that people are listening to while driving or mowing the lawn. Think about how rich they're going to be cleaning their house. I don't know. Straight three and zero weeks. When do what do you do when you're listening to podcasts? Run when you run. Do you listen to podcasts? Have you been doing much running lately? Yeah, can't you tell? So here's You're very svelte. Yeah, um, I, I listen to podcasts when I drive and when I mow the lawn. When I run on a treadmill at the office, I listen to podcasts. When I live out, when I run outside at home, Music? I don't. Nothing. You no, because I don't want to carry the phone, and you know it's just a little cumbersome. Oh. So see, I, I run just, with my dog. So see, I just like to let the you know. I run with my dog, so the leash in one hand and the phone in the other is a balance thing okay. for me. It's so a balance thing. Fall over. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm okay. that. I'm that. I'm that light on my toes. Yes. Um, all right. Uh, but I want to start with three sort of opinion-based storyline topics uh, around college football that we did not address on the previous pod. I thought there were enough of them that this is sort of like an off-season editorial segment of the podcast that normally we wouldn't I'm do intrigued, I don't in a preview podcast. So we'll try to do these quickly. There's three topics I want to raise to you, get your editorial opinion on. Um, I'll give you my thoughts, and then we can move on to, to this Oktoberfest that we're going to do, this new fangled thing. Uh, all right, number one first. Usually number one is first. Yeah, that's a good point. Jimbo Fisher jerking on a face mask of a player. Um, the player, who, by the way, is from here, yeah, from Nashville. I heard you talking about it. Um, I heard you talking about uh, I said his uh, name wrong, yeah, I think. Yeah, Dotson. Terrell, I, I corrected it. Um, I but didn't hear the correction. He, he sent out a tweet essentially saying, hey, I'm with Coach. I made a mistake. I've got to be better, blah, 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 blah. And my first thought is it's hard to be more outraged than the person who is the quote-unquote victim, I guess, which is probably a bad term for this. But, but what is the victim going to do? R- r- Coach like, is an well, a-hole. He shouldn't have done that. Well, you could not send a tweet. Yeah. Just not send a tweet. But I, I, your point is valid is he going to send out a tweet like hey my coach sucks i can't believe you embarrassed me and humiliated me on national tv and maybe put my put my neck and head injury at risk or whatever like i 
I get it to some degree. Now, if he's not that outraged and he's fine, I don't really have that big of a problem with it. I think it's sort of stupid that coaches these they already have a tyrant like right. visual imagery of themselves uh like it's being paid 75 million dollars guaranteed jerk it, like and if this ever happened to have you ever seen this happen to a professional athlete football player no no doesn't. doesn't so why does it happen on the college level because, because they because make the money and the college kids don't the power yeah so and jimbo fisher has a precon there's a there's and a, also there is more of there is sorry there's more of a i mean Educational. These kids are college age kids. They are still right. learning professional athletes. Right. There's not as much teaching going. I on. agree. And there is a preconceived notion about Jimbo Fisher's reputation: militaristic, discipline, hard nosed. The stories coming out of College Station about toughness and all this stuff. Um, I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Those are sort of my opinions on it. If it was my son, I would probably call the coach and have a word with it. What I don't like about it is the national television aspect, which isn't Jimbo Fisher's fault necessarily. But every game's on because it happens in practice. But there, there's a public humiliation factor that doesn't sit well with me. I'm not that outraged, but it doesn't sit well with me, if that makes sense. Especially yeah, I, the neck and head area. I, I agree. It's not that big of a deal in, in, in this age with videos everywhere and things going viral. It becomes a bigger deal. It's, it shouldn't be done. Can we agree on that? You probably just shouldn't. Just shouldn't. It's not a good there's, look. There's really no need to. And like, yeah, there's no need to. You know, I think the, the, the era of football coaches – berating players is kind of over you know just humiliating them there was a moment where i think the public humiliation is just not it's just not cool i guess it doesn't happen in practice that much either i don't think so kirby smart had an interesting moment where a georgia bulldog got a personal foul penalty that extended a play for tennessee and he kind of grabbed him by the shoulder pad like around the sort of like the chest area not 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 aggressively and kind of like pulled him over to the sideline gently like worked over and he had his arm around his pads and was like he was definitely angry and yelling at him a little bit but like pointing at the scoreboard like hey let's watch this let's watch this and I thought like that looked like the right way to do it it wasn't overly aggressive he wasn't like red-faced he wasn't in his grill he wasn't jerking him around by the pads or the face mask like there's just a I don't know yeah like I don't it's just a bad look it's just it's not necessary like I've I've been doing sidelines with Vanderbilt for two different staffs Head coaches, lots of assistant coaches. I've never seen like you don't have time during the game right. to really humiliate. You got to move on to the next thing. Right. There's coaching that goes on. I just don't think it happens much anymore. So I, I'm with you. The kid, you know, he tweeted it. It's fine. Moved on. I'm sure. You know, yeah. if he really had an issue, I'd kind of agree. You, you don't say something bad about your coach. You probably just don't say anything. Right. There was probably a nice conversation. I'd like to know what they were talking about. I, I'd like to know what if, if if Jimbo Fisher reached out to his parents and said, "Hey, you know, this shouldn't have happened. We're moving on." And that would have been fine. Like I would be fine with that. Now, if I was his father, I would have had a phone call. That's for sure. Uh, Baylor institutional control potentially in their notice of allegations. Baylor's going to get lack of institutional control. Just a quick question: Do we want with off the field? Because there's a lot of gray area between what happened at Penn State and and Baylor and Ohio State and Zach Smith and Jameis Winston at Tallahassee. I mean, on and on and on and on. For, you know, Colorado's had one of these – Oregon State's had a very famous case, baseball and football. Do we want the term lack of institutional control and the NCAA to be involved in these issues that are very gray area-ish? I don't know, and when you ask the question, if you, I kind of like winced because I don't have a hot like I. I don't want a hot take. I just I just know. don't have a strong opinion because each case is so different. Like Penn State had nothing to do with the current team, nothing to do with the players on the or team. the current. Well, I guess the current coach, current yeah. coach yeah. years ago. Baylor, from what I know, had there was a culture. There was a lack. It was of current. A, there was a lack of yeah. institutional control. So, to okay. some degree. What about so, North Carolina academics just taking it on its surface, not getting into the weeds on it, but just 
on its surface. Yes, I think I think it's it's it's, it's institutional control because academics how it how it complements athletics and how they go hand in hand in, in educating kids and getting kids eligible. Nevin Shapiro at Miami. Well, yeah, those are blatant rules violations. Okay. Uh, Zach Smith, Ohio State. I don't think that's an NCAA issue. Because I don't want the NCAA investigating cr- criminal activity. Right. That's I not, don't that's that's not an, what they that do. That was with a, that's, that's a coach and his wife. It did not affect the, the – it's not the way – didn't affect the way Zach Smith recruited players. It didn't have any um, impact on the on the team. There was a Title IX aspect to that. Yeah, but but so do you agree with my Baylor thing? It's sort of like I the, agree. The, the stories were just run. All of the different stories about the culture of the program suggests yeah. in, something with it, institutional control. It, it's it's almost like a parallel thing. There's like a criminal. I want the criminal investigation to take precedent. You know, and, and the problem with some of these things, Tallahassee, Waco, is that the police department doesn't do its job, and nobody really wants to come out and say that, but it's the truth. Um, the Powell Police Department in, in in Ohio, Ohio State. So that that needs to be fixed. But I, I just don't feel right with the, a blanket, vague, generic term like lack of institutional control being used in criminal investigations because the NCAA doesn't have subpoena power. It feels weird, but at the same time, it is the definition of lack of institutional control when you've got a coach allowing all sorts of sexual assaulters to be on his roster and get second chances with no investigations. So I, I don't really know... I just wanted to bring it up and see what you thought. Yeah, so. that's kind of. I, I think of all of them, Baylor's probably at the top. Would be at the top of my list of ones that the NCAA should be involved with. Okay, all right. Uh, last but not least, um, two two part question: <laughs> Mike Gundy being prank called on his teleconference is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Also, wildly unprofessional. So, where do you stand on hilarious versus unprofessional of the prank calls well, themselves? I know you've been on the air. Do you know there's there's a later there's a new development? There's more developments. Yes, the, and I haven't listened to it yet. I was going to do it later. The Big Twelve determined that those were actual media members using fake names. They weren't. It wasn't like some dude because you have to have the number. You're right. To, it wasn't some dude on the message board who got a number and like decided. So these were media members using fake With, names. Like a, Trey Anastasio asking a, asking a question about his unwarranted petulance is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. They're very well written. I thought they were either by a professor or a media member, um, but they're hilarious. So we'll start with. Mike, all, Mike Gundy's behavior about the Jalen McCluskey situation in the first place is an example of this tyrannical right. dictatorship nonsense that was so unnecessary, and 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 is just ridiculous. That part I think we all we all agree on. So where do you fall on the wildly un because it is wildly unprofessional to prank call a football coach during? I think I, it's. But I understand where the Oklahoma State media is coming from right. because their coach is acting like a giant. You know what? And he doesn't necessarily have the reputation for doing that. So I'm. I'm all for tomfoolery. I like, I mean, you know, my sense, <laughs> Shenanigans. Of, my, my sense of humor, very immature. And, you know, the on, I could sit here and read Onion <laughs> tweets and watch Beavis and Butthead all day. But I What think, other part of your people doing their jobs do you have a problem with? <laughs> but, but this is not the case where I just think it's unprofessional. You know, it's just. Okay. I thought it was pretty it, funny. Yeah. I mean, it, it is funny. I, I don't know. I would yeah. never do it. It is unprofessional. I want to make sure that's clear. But Mike Gundy brought it on himself. You ever listen to the Jerky Boys? Or are you too young? I know the Jerky Boys. Okay, so I used to think. The, I mean, I used to laugh crying right, to right, myself. Right. The Jerky uh, dude, Boys. Dude, I watch South Park. I watch South Park tonight. Okay, I still love. I have a sophomoric sense of humor. This is not necessarily sophomoric. These were actually pretty well written, right? Snarky, you know. Okay, I just wanted okay, to get but, your thoughts but, but, on okay, that because it is very unprofessional. If you're a media member trying to get a job done yeah. if you're, yeah, with you're, Mike Gundy, you have now been okay. Let's say you're, let's or say whatever. you're a freelance writer, Braden Gall, freelance writer, and you've got a story and you need some quotes from Mike Gundy. And the only time you can get him is on a conference call. They won't put you in touch with him. Right. And you can't get in on the conference call because of this. I, You're I, pissed. I agree. It's unprofessional. 
But guess guess whose fault it is? Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy. Yeah. So well, it's Jalen McCluskey's fault for actually having the nerve. Oh, uh, the, yeah, the nerve to do something on his own. All right, I just wanted to ask you those three. Are we good on that? Yeah. I feel like those were three things that happened that we should have we should address. So, all right, uh, moving on to our starting eleven, week six. Eleven, eleven, eleven. Nice. That was a good sound. I've been nice working thing. on that. Uh, number eleven, week six. So now we're going from. You yeah, we did it last. Week. No, we did it last week. We went. We went from. Was it front to back? Back to front. I think you bottom should, to top. Next top week, to bottom. You add numbers. Go eleven, nine, <laughs> seven, double back. Number eleven. I can't believe this game. This game. You've seen, my, you've seen the list, right? It's, yeah, I've got it right here. This game... If it's almost the, number one. Yeah, yeah, it should be higher for you. Well, don't suck, teams. Utah <laughs> at Stanford. My two beloved programs in the Pac-12. Uh, still some intrigue. I wish this game was at Rice-Eccles. It'd be more intriguing. But this Utah... This one of my matchups, by the Utah way. Utah and Stanford, great physicality. The reason I have this on my list is physicality, coaching... I just I just enjoy this matchup, even if Utah's 0-2 and Stanford is coming off a loss. Yeah, this was one of my, if we're still doing this segment, my three individual matchups. Stanford's big corners. Their corners, 6-1, 6-0, 6-3, 6-4. Julian Blackman's kind of an all-pack 12 corner against J.J. Arcejo Whiteside, who's only 6-3. He plays a lot bigger than 6-3. Yes, he does. Um, Stanford's not really running the ball. They're passing the ball much better, so I think that'll be a, a matchup that downfield with Stanford's receivers against those big corners. It's hard to find Pac-12 games that get you going, even though all of the matchups are interesting. Well, that, that was your thing before the season. You were going to like all the like, Pac-12. Like Cal versus Arizona this weekend is an interesting football game, but it means nothing. It means nothing. Because Khalil Tate doesn't run the freaking ball. Thanks, Khalil. Washington at UCLA, from a uniform standpoint it's alone, gorgeous. should be just... It's gorgeous. Yes. It's, from, not, it's from, not even... From a UCLA scoring standpoint, not good. Like it's not even borderline erotic. It's just extra erotic. But it's going to be an awful football game. It's going to mean nothing, and Washington's going to win by a hundred. So the Pac-12 is quickly making themselves irrelevant, and that's not a good thing for the for the playoff this year. But Utah, Stanford, I like Stanford to bounce back in a big way. This is just one of those times for for Utah to show us, like, hey, do you still have some fight left in you? Are you going to challenge? Because they still could absolutely, if you go five and four. You could win the South at five and four. So it, Utah's schedule is what makes them not the pick. I went against that and decided to pick them anyway. So zero oh and three to start the year is not what I was looking for. Also, again, it should be much higher on this list. Florida State at Miami. I believe a 13, 13 and a half point spread. Miami now with the Cosi Perry, DeAndre Francois coming off the best half of football he's played in two years. Do, do you think Florida you, State even have a chance? We said like I we I think we both thought more highly of Syracuse after they lost last week to Clemson. Do you think more highly of Florida State after they won? I don't necessarily. Like, Louisville had that game. They just blew it. Sure, it's a nice nice comeback. Francois continues to play bell, play better. But I just – I don't think they're necessarily showing signs that they're on the right path. It is you – know, what's the saying that it's always darkest before the dawn? Yeah. If the halftime speech in that locker room from Willie Taggart down 21-7 to – was that the bottom of the barrel is sort of how I'm looking at it. But if Louisville it. doesn't call a pass play and throw an interception, well, then I'm, they lose the game, so then th- that, it doesn't matter. I mean, I get matter. it. Yeah. I get it. But Okay, to go back and answer your question. My, are they going to get worse? Is the, I don't think they're the going to get worse. Right. So have, have they already bottomed out is really what I think matters with Willie Taggart. I think, I think the, 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 the second half deficit to Samford was probably the bottoming out for this team. 
or maybe I don't know, thirty to thirty to six or whatever yeah, it was against so Syracuse, 30 to seven. and being down twenty-one to seven against Louisville at halftime. I, okay. It just keeps getting worse. <laughs> yeah. That's the point; is it just keeps getting worse. Meanwhile, Miami with Nicosi Perry, I they see, feel like a totally different team. Yeah, I, well, I want to see Perry have to throw the ball. He didn't have to do anything last week because they scored three defensive touchdowns, and North Carolina was terrible. So I, I, I think Miami wins the game. I think they're the, clearly the better team right now. But I'm, I, I think this is a big game for Perry. See if he can do some things in the passing attack. Uh, by the way, real quickly, uh, going back to the Utah Stanford game, Stanford will play at Arizona State and Washington State, so they've got some. They've got an October where they could clearly go three and zero pretty easily. If you beat Washington, beat Arizona State, beat Washington State, those are not. That's not a very difficult stretch for Stanford, so they could easily bounce back into the race before they get Washington. At Washington State, right now, Stanford at Washington State, I would say it's, would be. They get Wazoo at home. Oh, home. Sorry. Yeah, at Arizona State okay. in October. Um, um, Miami has Florida State at Virginia at Boston College in in October. That's that is manageable, but trickier than you may think. If you are a top ten team, you win those games. I I agree, and that would put Miami at like eight and one, seven and one going into November. So all the momentum it could be a there could be a play in game with Virginia Tech, like we circled anyway, uh, coming up a little bit later on. Arizona State at Colorado. Colorado still unbeaten. Arizona State stumbled, but this is still an intriguing game. Only a two point spread in Boulder. I thought wow. that I thought that was interesting. Uh, and and listen to Colorado's schedule in October. One of the few teams in the Pac twelve that will play four games. They get Arizona State at USC at Washington and Oregon State. So Colorado paper Buffaloes to this point are they legit? Because the Pac twelve South is worst completely to wide to worst open. Worst to first, they are a fun team to watch. They play with a lot of energy. And Arizona State has got Herm Edwards. So there's they a, also have some nice nice weapons on that they team. They do. There's, this is a – I don't know how good the overall teams are. This game has good skill position players. Levisca a lot Schoenhall, of offense. Yeah, and that, um, really good wide receivers for both teams. So does do, – so an Arizona State schedule, also equally difficult at Colorado this weekend, Stanford, and at USC. So both of these two teams, whoever comes out of this, both of which will face difficult schedules. But, uh, I mean – I don't know if I'm getting too ahead of myself here, but is it possible that this game could be a tiebreaker that we're discussing later in the season? Okay, I was going to ask you, just don't put more than five seconds thought into a big Pac-12 South champ. Go. Five seconds. I have no idea. Colorado. I'm saying it. Even though I just rattled off their schedule. Yeah. There's a chance they go they lose their next three games. Then I'll change my pick. Arizona State at USC at Washington. That, at USC game is huge. Huge. They're all huge. Uh, USC schedule, Colorado at Utah, Arizona State. If they win all three games, if USC wins all three of those games in October against three Southern, probably the best three other teams in the division, right? It could be USC's to have. Yeah. Well, not, I mean, that's, USC. USC winning it would not be a shock. What are they right now? One and one? They, they, Beat Washington State, uh, lost to State. Well, and they're off this weekend. So they have Colorado at Utah, Arizona State. They, they, should be, they could be favored in all three of those games. And it is USC we're talking about, so we shouldn't be shocked if they're going to be favored. I think USC might be the pick here. They're two and one, which sucks because that means we've rounded back around. Like I've literally tried to date everybody in the Pac-12 South, and I'm just going to text USC and Some, be like, "Hey, are you up?" Sometimes got to go home alone. <laughs> I, like maybe, maybe it's just like I'm just going to go home and look at Washington on Facebook. <laughs> That's I'm just going to go home and stalk. The the, coop, the, no, uh, the Huskies find my friends and find out Washington's out with someone. Yeah, of course they are with the Pac-12 championship game. So listen, USC. Here's the team that you're predicting to win, 
I guess. Okay, they, they scored three points in a loss at Stanford. They beat <laughs> Washington State by three at home, yeah. a little fortunate, and they beat Arizona by four on the road. There's your Pac-12 South champ. Arizona has Cal, Utah, UCLA, and Oregon, so Arizona could win a couple of games this month. Uh, UCLA is not in this conversation. I just look at Colorado, Utah, and Arizona State as the three challengers with USC, and the other three have really, really ridiculously tough schedules. Utah at Stanford, Arizona, and USC at home. So if Utah wins those two, but is USC at home a tough game? I'm rhetorical. Well, I mean, in I'm this conversation, they're yeah, all they're, all, they're the all the same. So Utah goes to Stanford, and then they go Zona, USC at home, two winnable games, and then at UCLA, winnable game. So they could be so three and two. They, well, they could if go they win this week. If they if, four and two, they could go four and two if they win this week. If they lose this week, they could still go be three and three. Like the Pac-12 South is insane. It's insane. That's what makes Arizona State, Colorado, so fun to watch. Yeah. So I probably should have put it higher. All right, number eight on our starting 11. Mizzou at South Carolina. I love this game. I have I, no idea who's going to win. Drew Locke versus Jake Bentley. Good receivers on both sides. Talk about a lot of skill in I the Colorado a, okay, Arizona State this, game. This is specific to this game. I made a bet on the air with one of your colleagues yesterday at your radio station mm-hmm. okay. who had the uh, who said that Jake Bentley would not be the starting quarterback next year for Colorado. That a true fr- I mean, for that would be weird. That weird. would be weird. For I, I will Carolina. take that bet. He will not be the quarterback for Colorado. I said Jake Bentley will be the starting quarterback for South Carolina in week one next year. And a, a, What if he goes pro? <laughs> that would be, the, the point was he would lose his job to a true freshman. Holinsky. Oh, because they've got the Holinsky kid coming Yeah, in. who's not that highly rated. So. I still want Kelly Bryant to transfer to okay. South Carolina. So who's, who's, whose side would you be on? He's, uh, not if Jake be- Bentley stays, he's the quarterback. He's not, they're not going to bench a senior quarterback whose dad is on the coaching staff. And he's been there three years. Right. No, no, no. If, if Jake, Bentley's there, last he, week. If Jake week. Bentley's there, he's the starter. Thank you. Yeah, Unless Holinsky is as good as Trevor Lawrence. He's like, not. He's like the 50th best. I mean, he's he's a decent recruit. He's a high three-star. He's the number one quarterback by most. He's no, yeah, he's the number one pro-style quarterback in America. Really? By, I didn't think he was that highly rated. By some team. Yes, he's okay, pretty highly rated. Okay, I'll take rated. that back then. No, he's pretty highly rated. Um, I, but not number one in the nation overall yeah. like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields were. Um, all right, Missouri has South Carolina this week. Then they go to Bama. Then they get Memphis and Kentucky at home. So – this this game here with South Carolina, they have Texas A and M and Tennessee at home. South Carolina at home all three games in October, which is unusual. So this is one of those where both teams still think there's a shot to get to second place. Missouri still has yet to play Kentucky. This game becomes huge in the Eastern Conference standings. Well, South Carolina has already lost two games to East teams. You're going to chalk basically if you're going to give everyone a loss to Georgia. South Carolina's basically one and one. They've they've already lost to Georgia. Where, Missouri's the same way. Yeah, so both these teams are. Where, where and then the Missouri is, and then other Missouri's other loss is Bama, because they're going to lose to Bama here coming up in two week, two weeks. Yeah, but they get Memphis. So who do you like? I picked South Carolina at home. I like South Carolina at home as well because I just think they'll bounce back from a poor they showing. They weren't as bad, you know. Bentley, they just he missed some guys. Got I don't know if they got flustered. He, they had four sacks, they had three interceptions. He missed some guys, open guys. They just they did not play well. They didn't. I've heard some rumblings from some coaches that Missouri is way better than people think. And this is one of those. If games, you watched the Georgia game and you didn't, they know played who well. George, they, I, they played better than the. I, you know. I agree. Of anybody that Georgia's beaten in the SEC, they played the toughest. Now they were at home, uh, but if that if those rumblings are true about Missouri and Drew Locke, this is one of those moments in those games where you're going to go down against an equal level opponent that you are fighting for playoff. You know, you're play, not playoff, but like you're fighting for standings, spots, and positioning. This is one of those games that you go in. You go down to South Carolina and you show everybody that you're better than people think that you are and that the Georgia game wasn't a fluke, that you put up all those numbers on offense because you're pretty good. So 
I like South Carolina, but I, this is one of those where I'm going not so. I'm I'm doing the old Lee Corso, like not so fast, my friends. I think you are ho- actually holding I'm a pencil. A, I'm holding a number two Ticonderoga pencil. A, a what? Ticonderoga pencil. Ticonderoga. 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 That's the brand. I didn't. I'd never heard of that. Like, what's uh, Dixon then? Uh, is that the brand? It says Dixon right there on the pen. Ticonderoga is the. I think it's the brand. So what's the I Dixon? I don't know what Dixon is. It says Dixon in the pencil. Didn't Corso get like a? Uh, he had an endorsement but, deal with. Did he really? Yeah. Um, I something tells me Missouri's going to. Yeah, I'm picking South Carolina, but I think Missouri's going to win. Something I mean, that t- makes no sense. Exactly. That's exactly how I feel. Um, By the way, that's great analysis. South Carolina gets every game at home this this month, which is pretty unusual. And and all of them, Texas A&M and Tennessee, they'll be favored, I would assume, in both those games. Maybe, I would assume. So South Carolina could make some hay and, and get put themselves back into the conversation of, of relevance here with this win. It, this is a really good game, quarterback uh, battle What time well. is this game on? Do you know? Is I it? do not have it in front okay. of me. Uh, Boston College, number seven on the list. Boston College, my Eagles at NC State. Are they still your Eagles? Yeah, we'll find out after this weekend. Okay. Uh, I'll ch- change packs to the. I'll change sides to the uh, Wolf. The Wolf Pack. Yeah. Um, Ryan Finley has like forty six receivers that he can throw to. Uh, traditionally, Boston College has has been solid against NC State on the run. This is one of those. NC State, Dave Doran. You lost all those players on defense. You just stopped Bryce Perkins. Show us that you can sustain success in a program level right because this is they they had record number of players get drafted they didn't play Especially will greer show us they that have you, not played anyone james madison right Georgia's, james madison's obviously a very good fcs team at marshall in virginia right, exactly show us that you have sustained after losing all that talent even though you've got a like a 14th year senior starting quarterback because boston college aj Dillon a little banged up not fully healthy this is kind of you're at home I, I this is just one of those NC State. Hey, show me what's up because look at NC State's schedule this month: Boston College at Clemson at Syracuse. Syracuse. So if you win this one, it sets up a huge game against Clemson. Yeah, the thing we can knock NC State's schedule and rightfully so, but they've taken care of business. They go to Marshall and beat them by seventeen. They beat Virginia by fourteen at home. They're and it, not, was, and it wasn't as close. Yeah, as they're the score not indicated. flirting with disaster. Well, and they had a great game scheduled. I mean, they were playing a top ten team at home in West Virginia, yeah. and that could have been a really good game or or a blowout. Who knows? But, um, and then Boston College goes to NC State, then Louisville at home and Miami at home. So if Boston College wins this game, it sets them up because their only loss is out of conference. So if they because they lost to Purdue, if they beat NC State on the road, they then get Louisville at home, which they'll be a heavy favorite in, and then you get Miami at home with a chance to pull an upset and still be undefeated potentially in conference. This is a huge pecking order game in the. Atlantic Division. Yeah, because BC would be 2-0 and with two road wins. Yes. Huge. Huge. That's your analysis? You don't have much else to say about this? I'm, anything I'm about con- Anthony I'm Brown? Be, I'm, I'm a little concerned. BC last, you know, they got they got pounded at Purdue. They, Purdue shut down the passing attack. And then they screwed around with Temple. Temple cut it to one-score game late. You know. I, they messed around a little bit. Yeah. I'm not. I think NC State wins. Oh, I do, too. I, think I like they're, the Wolf. they're a better team. I like the Wolf pack. Yeah. Uh, Clemson at Wake Forest. The only reason I have this yeah, one at six is because this one's a little high. It's because I, it's because Trevor Lawrence took every snap in his back, and I still want to see Trevor Lawrence for a full game. Yeah, did so. you watch? What did you think of his? Did you were you able to watch when he was healthy? Uh, yeah, I saw some of it. It's I, like, I think he's extremely talented. Yeah, the, my expectations are just so high. It's like I expect every throw to be perfect. <laughs> like those an incomplete pass. I'm like, oh, what, what a jerk. Yeah, what's the height? This guy's terrible. I, I think they're gonna. And Wake Forest, Wake Forest has already defense. fired its defensive coordinator. I they think Trevor have, Lawrence. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is kind of a field day. I, I mean, teams have had, teams. Have, Ian Book had a field day throwing the ball against them. B 
BC had a field day throwing the ball down. Mm-hmm. Big plays in the passing attack. I don't see how okay. Wake Forest. My intrigue is purely based on Trevor Lawrence. Okay. So His that's hair. why I have him at number six. Number five on this list. Love this one. Kentucky at Texas A&M. So here's, I, this is where Vegas is fascinating to me. So the line opened at about seven. All the money was coming in on Kentucky. It's now down to like five and a half. So what's interesting is at, at some point it's going to drop and then go back up again, right? Because all the wise I – I cannot wait to see what the wise guy money does to the A&M. line when the limits get opened up on Sunday, Saturday morning. I, I cannot wait to see this because I think Kentucky's offensive line – is worthy of keeping them in any game they play this year, even Georgia potentially. Texas A&M was just wildly underperformed, in my opinion, last week against Arkansas. That, but Arkansas plays them tough. I, this is this is sort of a – all right, Kentucky, if you want to continue to be taken seriously. They've had a lot of those, though. And, that, and they but keep passing every test. But that's what Kentucky – and LSU is going to have one of these games this week too. you got to keep proving it to people because Kentucky doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. Right. Texas A&M, here's one of my matchups, too, because Texas A&M leads the SEC in run defense, and it's not just padding stats. They have done a, They did a good job against Alabama and Clemson slowing down the run. They didn't get gashed too bad against those teams. I don't know, the fact that you've played those two teams alone. Right. That, Your yeah, number should be I, I don't need to apologize, but they still lead the SEC in run defense, and they've played two, top, two of the top teams in the country. So they've done a good job. So I think that the, the fascination there is can they make – can they slow down Benny Snell – and make Terry Wilson beat them. Terry Wilson made one huge throw in the win at Florida. Make, yep. make him beat you. Yeah, I agree. I like AM. I just think Kentucky's you think, you think playing Vegas, such, Vegas was onto something yeah, when they I started that line. Yeah, I think Kentucky's playing such a, just a high level. They're a good team. I just don't know if they can keep it up. Uh, Texas A&M, if they get past Kentucky, they go to South Carolina and to Mississippi State. So if you beat Kentucky, you might be I, – I don't. I just got done saying I guess South Carolina would be favored in that game. But – if South Carolina loses to Missouri and Texas A&M beats Kentucky, A&M's probably favored in that game. Doesn't the opposite happens? South Carolina's favored in that game. So this is this is all swing games for for Texas A&M this month. Kentucky, South Carolina, Mississippi State. This could define like I'm not defining Jimbo Jimbo Fisher's first season at A&M by what happens against Clemson and Alabama. I'm defining Jimbo Fisher's first season at A&M in what happens in these swing moments where it's going to be a tough game, hard fought. You passed. I, I don't consider beating Arkansas the way you did as passing a test. I think you should have beaten right. them worse. But Kentucky, South Carolina, Mississippi State, you could be the better team in all three of those matchups. And that in that case, let's see what you got. What's the one thing that – well, there's a lot of things they didn't do. They did a lot of good things under Kevin Sumlin. They did not protect home field in yeah. SEC games under Kevin Sumlin, which is just crazy because it's such a great environment. This is a game – whatever happens in year one isn't necessarily going to define the Kevin Sumlin – I mean the, the Jimbo Fisher era – but you do not want to lose this game at home to, as you're building. To Kentucky. To Kentucky yeah, just, as you're even building. if Kentucky's good, it just looks more disrespectful when yep. you lose at home to Kentucky. So i got a question about your next game. Uh, well, hang on. Kentucky goes to A&M this week, then Vandy at home, and then at Missouri. So if they beat Texas A&M, I'm not saying they automatically beat Vanderbilt, but I would guess that they would be a pretty – if they beat A&M on the road, they're probably going to be a pretty a heavy favorite. They beat Vanderbilt at home. Favorite. That Kentucky at – and especially if Missouri can get by – South Carolina, we know they'll lose to Bama, but that Kentucky-Missouri game in Columbia with could Georgia be, looming could be very, very big for it could be huge for Kentucky. Yes, with it's, it's not out of the question for Kentucky to be undefeated when they play Georgia. It's not out of the question. No, not definitely not. Which is which, and even if they lose to A and M this weekend, they could still be going into that Georgia game, which is first weekend in November, going 
They don't with, need with, to with only one loss. They don't and need then, to be then you don't division. need to be at, right. So Kentucky still has a lot of stuff meat on the bone left for them. Uh, all right, number four. And I'm not sure how good either one of these teams is. So if if Mississippi State just looks bad again, Auburn at Mississippi State. Let's say the name of the okay, game. Okay, Auburn at Mississippi State. If Mississippi State looks bad again, do you, are you just completely breaking up? Like you just you're you're just done with them. Like that would be just three straight really uninspiring performances. Kentucky. Florida, Auburn, where they can't get anything done. You know who they play next week? Alabama. At LSU. Okay. Then after that? Good luck. Texas A&M. Then? And Al- then they <laughs> still have Alabama on the schedule. Are we looking at 3-2 again in this one? <laughs> neither team, neither, both offenses have underachieved. I, I do want to, uh, Jared Stidham needs to prove something to me. I've got them in my top 10. I've got them ahead of Washington because they beat them and right around LSU because I still think Auburn was the better team than LSU. But Auburn, Stidham needs to, as much as LSU still needs to continue to prove itself to me, Auburn is start, starting to now enter the prove it to me phase. Like, I think very highly of you, Auburn. Show me why you, we think highly of but you. But some of their the wins, defensive, have, been, the defense their wins have been lackluster, too. Exactly. The offensive line is still the question. Like, yeah. they don't run the football the way they should. And Stidham, frankly, hasn't been what we expected out of Jared Stidham. This is one of those games you got to show it to us, man. Especially against a good defensive line. I, I, I don't think it's 3-2, but I think it's like... 13-10, Auburn, and I kind of... I, I think I like Auburn. I kind of like the upset. I don't really like Mississippi State all that much, but right. I would not be shocked if there are long, sustained drives for Mississippi State, lots of running, four-yard gains by Nick Fitzgerald, and that the Auburn offensive line struggles to get anything going Mississippi State's against Mississippi State's D-line. Breaks, statistical breaks, like SEC versus non-SEC games are comical. Yeah. Even in, in non-SEC was Kansas State. They did a lot of good things in that game. All right, the big three for the weekend. There are three games ahead of everybody else. Notre Dame at Virginia Tech. I am all over Ian Book. I'm all over the Notre Dame offense being different than than they were in the past. You know, I know Ryan Willis had a great game, but I'm so all in on on Ian Book and Notre Dame that they need to go in and and make another statement. And could be the toughest game left on their schedule. Maybe not. We're not sure. They play Syracuse at. Yankee Stadium, right? Yeah, and we'll see how good USC is at the end of the year. Maybe USC's good. Maybe USC's not. We don't know. I think Virginia Tech is much more of the team we saw last week against Duke than they are the team that we saw against Old Dominion. Um, and and I don't I don't know how long Josh Jackson's out, but I know he's out for a chunk of time at least with the broken leg. So I, I think Notre Dame, if you want to be considered a playoff team, show us that what you did against Stanford wasn't a fluke on offense. Show us that what you've done on defense all season wasn't a fluke against a backup quarterback. I think I think Notre Dame's a playoff. T- I think I I'm starting to get this weird feeling that I think Notre Dame's going to go 12 and 0 and make the playoff. Is that is that weird? I think we'll know a lot more after this week. Not that Virginia Tech's that good, but if they go and do what you said, you know, they just go and they not dominate, not win by 28 points, but they win by two scores and they they, they move the ball on the ground. You know, I think they're. I running, think it's going to be similar to the Stanford. Game. Their running game's different too. I mean, everything Dexter about their, Williams. Yeah, everything about their. You, offense. you called him Brandon Williams, by the way, on the pod a couple oh, times. Okay, yeah, I, I went back and listened. I call him Brandon. It's kind of the That's relationship fine. we have. Um, Dexter Williams. Um, they've got they've got weapons. They've got weapons at wide receiver. They have got weapons at tight end. Um, their offensive line, despite losing two first rounders, is. Uh, above average for for a top 25 team. It's all about Ian Book, baby. He activates the weapons. Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State. All these guys. They at, Tonga Vailoa, from Lawrence. Like, all these guys. Tech, Kyler Murray. They activate the weapons. If you're going to have great recruiting classes, you've got to take advantage of them. you got to use them. You know, Ryan Willis, like you said, had a big game. They threw the ball. They did not run the ball well. I don't think they can beat Notre Dame being one-dimensional. You can beat Duke being one-dimensional. 
I don't think they can do that. Being so worse. you got you like Notre Dame? Yes. I okay. They played one road game and Nooner at Wake Forest. That's a really good beer from the Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. A Nooner at Wake Forest. The Nooner. Okay, it's called the Nooner. This is a different animal. Lane Stadium at night. That's very true. Ian Book's first very road true. start, I imagine. Did he start one game last year? Mm, 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 Can we play that? No, we don't have the rights. So you can just hum it? I can just hum it. Okay. I'm just going to make noises. That's just I'm really excited to see those two teams on the same field, though. I hope Virginia Tech – here's what I want from Virginia Tech. Wear a traditional uniform. Don't wear – yeah. Don't wear, like, a bright orange with, like, a – purple collar and a you know like yellow helmet because i love virginia tech uniforms i'm probably one of the few that no i loves, think i think they're so kind of ugly they're cool but i love their like their, their og uniforms like none of this yeah. crazy goofy stuff that you wore against old dominion wear a good home high quality uniform and when notre dame gold it'll just look really cool because that's a when's the last time notre dame played at virginia tech i don't they, actually know ever i don't actually know so, I just think it's going to look like a great game. It's going to be fun. Um, you said it was at night, though? Is that yes, right? Yes. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, all right. Which game do you like better? Florida, LSU at home with all the vitriol of the last few years that has sort of bubbled up to the surface and the, and the way those games have gone down to the last play on occasion in the last few years? Or are we overrating Oklahoma-Texas because is Oklahoma just far superior to the Texas Longhorns because Vegas is begging you to take the Texas Longhorns and the points? I think it's like a seven or eight point spread. Started at ten, was bought down to six. Now it's back up to like eight. Which game is? Are, are we buying? Is Oklahoma Texas because of the rivalry that we like this game, or is Texas actually have a chance? I think Florida LSU has been a far better football game, even though Texas has covered I think like five years in a row in this. Um, I, I'm I'm interested in by, which by, one you like, which one you're more interested to watch. Okay, by the way, Notre Dame has never played at Virginia Tech. Cool. One thing that. Really bothers me about the Oklahoma Texas but, game. Oh, sorry. Virginia Tech plays North Carolina Georgia Tech the next two weeks. So if they beat Notre Dame, they're they're going to go on a little run here. Yeah. Um, which well, a great. team and, that lost to Old, Old Dominion, you cannot assume anything. And Notre Dame, they beat Virginia Tech. They get Pitt and Navy, two heavy favorites at home. Yes, Navy's so not a vintage. Navy. Winner of this game will win out in October, most likely. It'll be an October fest for that team. Um. <laughs> thing that bothers me about the Oklahoma-Texas game, just play it at night once. The 11 a.m. just bothered. I don't like the 11 a.m. They, they pushed it back last year to 2.30. 2.30? Okay. Which is really rare. Just play a night game. It would, I, to me, uh, I, it would just it would have a great There's something about field. the Texas State. I know. you got to be at the Texas there, State yeah, Fair. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care. you got to be at the Texas State Fair, man. Hey. I, but okay, does, does, so my, does my question make sense? Yes. Because no, I actually it. wanted to put Florida LSU at the top, but then I thought. Calling it 20. Oklahoma, Texas deserves to be at the top because it has it still has more playoff and Big Twelve title game championship game ramifications. LSU and Florida are not going to play in their respective championship games, barring major surprises at the top of their division. It's a really intriguing, fun game. Even but, though, it, but, be, but all the new to, hatred between quote, the two to programs. Quote you, to quote you, I'm taking a page out of the Braden Gall playoff or bust. It doesn't matter because neither team's going to win the division. Well, LSU's undefeated in a top five team. They're, are, they're, are they going to win their division? I. I I don't know for a fact they're going to beat well, Alabama, I, but I, I would pick Alabama. Oklahoma, Texas has more playoff ramifications than LSU, Florida. <sighs> if you have, to they ask, both have one team that has playoff implications. If the have, other team doesn't. Texas has one loss. I, I'm not saying they're going to make so the playoff, but they can play in the championship game. Florida has one loss. Yeah, I know. 
Um, I don't. Th- I think they're very similar. If you ask me which game I wanted to watch, I would watch LSU Florida. I, but I, just, I, I agree because I think Oklahoma is going to smoke them. But every year we say that. Every year Texas covers. And what do we say on the podcast? Good teams win. Great teams cover. You say that. Texas. I I like Sam Ellinger. He's fine. I don't. How how are they going to score with Oklahoma? And for Florida and LSU, how, how are they going? How are they going to outscore them? They right. Might score. They're not. You know. Oklahoma's going to get theirs. So, so, so of these four teams, Oklahoma will score. How will the other three score? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly, I think all these games that have been close between Florida and LSU are always like, like what, like twelve to nine going into the final possession, and then somebody scores to win the game. The way Florida won the game against Mississippi State tells me they can win that way. LSU has won that way all season long. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow was very effective last week. And he ran the ball don't, 90 yards. Don't They've got a couple of different running backs. Clyde, uh, The fresh prince of Clyde Hilaire is, is scores in four straight games, and he's not even the starter. Nick Brissett is the starter. So they've got some – the weapons are starting to come around for they've LSU. They've got some really good young receivers. They're starting to come around. And so the confidence in Joe Burrow will continue to grow and build – but it's the same story. Like you, th- this is not a great week for big time top ten matchups. That was last week, like game of the century type games. These are sort of, sort of like prove it games. Like go go show us Notre Dame that you belong in the playoff. Beat Virginia Tech, LSU. Go beat Florida. You know those kind. Of, Auburn. I mean, show us Clemson. Show us Florida. Do, fans all this stuff. Don't think this way. But the fact that Kentucky's good should change our thinking of Florida. Oh, I, I I was thinking about that today. It definitely it does. Uh, mine. My my perception of Florida is going up every time Kentucky wins, right? Because then they go on, and Florida has done the same thing. They destroy Tennessee on the road, and they beat Mississippi State on the road. So Florida has done since that loss. We were looking at that game, going, "What the hell's wrong with Florida?" Florida has done nothing but dominate since then, and in the same time, Kentucky has gone on to win a bunch of games. Yep. So this, I think, this game has gotten better and better and better every single day. I would take LSU Florida better sort of today than it was yesterday. One hundred percent. Okay. Good yeah, week. Yeah. Good day of practice. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. 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 Well, Tuesdays, you know. Yeah. Install day. Yeah. Install day. Um, I got LSU on the road. I've got Florida at home. I know. I you love do. what they did last week. I I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm starting to believe. I'm starting to Joe Burrow. I'm starting to believe. Say it ain't so, Joe. Joe Burrow. I'm starting to buy in. B. U R R E A U X. Burrow Tigers. Go Joe Burrow. Uh, I I okay. I, I'm in. I'm in on LSU, and I like Oklahoma big. Yeah, I don't know. Not as I'm I not like as Oklahoma confident big. as you are. The, I think Vegas Texas will is, score. Vegas is begging you. What's the size spread? It's like eight. eight. They're begging you to take Texas. Vegas is saying. Hey, Braden. Hey, hey Texas. Texas. Hey, guys. Hey, gamblers. You idiots. <laughs> yes. Give us your money all the time. Here's eight points. Have fun. Kyler Murray, 20 yards per attempt last week. That's pretty good. Now, Baylor's not that good, but yeah. I like Oklahoma. Now, here's the other thing. Uh, looking at Oklahoma's schedule, they how, how much could they win the Big 12 regular season up until the West Virginia game, obviously? They have Texas this week, and then they're at TCU. What else did they face outside of the West Virginia game at the end of the year? Am I missing a game? A good By the way, game. they get Kansas State at home right. in this month too. But like, so I just thought of something. Like if, they've already beaten Iowa State. I, I know the playoffs. It's it's going to be a weird dynamic be, because they, in theory, will be playing for a playoff spot. But if they go into the West Virginia game undefeated, like they've clinched a spot, and they could lose that game, come and, back and win the next game, and, and, and get in. Right. It's just it's a weird dynamic. It is, which is why they moved the Bedlam series, which is still on the schedule. 
because they didn't want that to be the last game of the right. season. So, and ironically, they get the showdown in Morgantown. Uh, and then Texas, of course, goes OU Baylor at Oak State. So if they were to get past Oklahoma, Baylor at home, I know that's a rivalry, but they they should win that one. And then at Oklahoma State, you know, that's a challenge. They've, they've, they've but they've been good against Oklahoma State. So that's interesting there. And then Florida uh, and LSU, LSU will play at Florida, Georgia, and Mississippi State. But they get two of those at home. Florida will go LSU at Vanderbilt, Georgia. So both have to play each other and Georgia in the month of October. So Speaking of the uh, Vanderbilt-Florida game, I've got a little problem. Friday night is my 25th college reunion. This this Friday? Or? No, a week from Friday. Oh, okay. And then the Vanderbilt-Florida game is at 11 a.m. My pregame show starts at 9.30. I got a, my 25 year Do you drink a lot of your 25-year college? I did it my 20th and my 15th and my 10th. I've never been to any of those. I've been to 5, 10, 15, 20, baby. They're I all, awesome. I don't think big state schools have reunions like smaller. Like well, Yeah, you guys need something. What do you mean we need something? <laughs> I mean, you have your, your SAT scores and your high salaries and your curing cancer and all that all I'm that not going to apologize for going to Vanderbilt. <laughs> we we did all of our celebrating for our during, I had plenty of during fun. The, during the, guy. Um, so, I was making fun of Tennessee there. Um, I, I, so I have not been to the five. I, have not, I will see a lot of friends I haven't seen in five years. I have passed both the five and the ten-year and not gone back to college reunion. I went to my ten-year well, high school all, reunion. I live five, seven miles from my that's true. College, so it's easy. But I've got true. a lot of friends. Got a friend coming in from uh, United Emirate, United Arab Emirates. Emirates. Yes, that the one that, that commented on the podcast about no. uh, the generals over there that need no, game, that's game plans else. or whatever. No, that was that was some <laughs> friend from uh, Sunday school. Um, no, I uh, I went to my ten year high school reunion. I went to my ten high school. I've not been back. Yeah, since. I don't care about any of that stuff. All right. Okay, let me go through. Uh, got a bunch of other games here. Other games. So, so Indiana. Right. At, I'll go. I'll go th- I got them by, by well, league. Okay. Okay. Right, you go through them, and then I'll comment on their October schedules. Okay. Well, yeah. We don't need to hear everyone's schedule. I don't know why we wouldn't. Okay. Carry on. Texas State. What's our October schedule? I, I have Power Five written down. Syracuse Pitt. Syracuse. If you're as good as I think you are, mm-hmm. win this game comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about every other ACC game. Cukes, by the way, will host NC State a little bit later on. This, Georgia Tech this at Louisville in kind of the, the sad bowl. Oh, God, who cares? Um, Kansas at West Virginia. West Virginia rolls. Here's what you need to know about West Virginia. They play Kansas, Iowa State, and Baylor That's in that's, October. That's friendly. They will be undefeated going into November. Go ahead and mark the tape. Iowa State at Oklahoma State. That's interesting. It's Iowa State's due. I think they're due to they're due to win a game. Then they get West Virginia and Texas Tech in October. Kansas State at Baylor. Not much significance no, there. Not really intrigued there. Indiana Ohio State. Speaking of hangovers, is there a hangover uh, concern? Um, Indiana for the student for the student body population at Horseshoe. Yes, um, Indiana is good enough defensively to make Ohio State uncomfortable. No. no? Okay. Well, I mean they've given up some yards to TCU, so maybe. But here's the garbage. Ohio State fans get ready for Indiana, Minnesota, Purdue. Your next three games, you got past Penn State. You're, you you're going to roll, roll, roll into November. So Ohio State will just—they're not losing anytime soon, no question. Maryland at Michigan, more intriguing than you might think. Um, big spread, big point spread there, but I think um, three and one Maryland, so not terrible. Michigan, by the way, they have a brutal October. They have Maryland, Wisconsin, and at Michigan State. So they've got some major challenges this month. And then, of course, their first week in November, they welcome Penn State. So their next four games, 
If they get past Maryland, they're three games, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Penn State. Boom, boom, boom. So you can't struggle with Northwestern, and then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to find a stride here pretty soon if you're Michigan. Illinois at Rutgers. Don't care. Okay. <laughs> Northwestern at Michigan State. I like that one. Upset alert. Michigan State has cannot all, run the ball. The Northwestern, Penn State, and Michigan for Michigan State. So this is a big like season defining stretch here for Michigan State. They could fall off the face of the earth and be irrelevant. Or they could put themselves right back into the conversation. So Michigan I State, a big couple see of weeks. The latter. Don't think they're good enough. I'm with you on that one. Iowa at Minnesota. That's not bad. Minnesota rivalry game. Nebraska at Wisconsin. Is that the Floyd of Rosedale? I believe it is. Mm. Nebraska at Wisconsin. God, I want this to be so good. The dairy fed big red and the corn fed big red. It's not important. It's right not going to be good. Not good right That's now. That's in Madison, Wisconsin. So uh, Cornhuskers, last eighteen games, they're four and fourteen. Oh my god. Oh my God, that's unacceptable. Someone's rolling over in their grave. I don't. Someone is. Is uh, Dean Steinkuhler still alive? I would hope so. I don't know. Baker was his son, right? He played at real high yeah, level. So. Okay, okay Pac-12. I'm trying to think of a really old, really know, awesome, amazing that, Nebraska player that might be dead. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what you said, right? Uh, yeah. Like who's rolling over on their grave? I don't know. Washington State. At or- Phillips is still alive. Okay, here's right? a question about Washington State versus Oregon State. Oregon State is 128th in the nation in stopping the run. Washington State had zero rushing yards last week. Will they try to run the ball, or they just say screw it? Zero rushing yards. They zero. They netted zero. They 35 gained, lost 35. Dean Steinkohler very much alive. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to come kick your ass. No, I'm sure he's a wonderful guy. Uh, he's only 57 years old. So <laughs> I didn't think he was that old. Very much alive. <laughs> Sorry, sorry this, to the Steinkuller family from the Cover 2 podcast. It was Brayden Gall who said it, not me. I was just guessing. I don't <laughs> Guess if people are alive. It's a little disrespectful. You think that's inappropriate? Slightly. Okay. Is that as inappropriate when I... No, I don't, don't want to say... It. I'll, I'll take this one off. Is that now. as inappropriate as when I joked about Lawrence Phillips and he is passed away? He died oh, in jail, right? Now I feel bad. January, well, January 2016. Yeah. So you're looking for Nebraska players who are dead? <laughs> this isn't funny. I feel Google. really bad about that. Google. That's a really bad, bad, bad job by me. I accused Dean Stankler <laughs> of being dead, and then I j- joked about Lawrence Phillips because I thought he was alive, and I guess he's, I no, guess he's not. So died in prison. My apologies. I believe to all Nebraska okay. fans and all humans listening. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for listening, we apologize. No, if, you're, if you're a cat, don't care about you. <laughs> Is Buttercup listening? Don't care about the cats of the world. Okay. I'll continue with the pack. Oh, I'm going to stop talking. Okay. <laughs> Washington State and Oregon State just mentioned it. You referenced the Washington-UCLA game earlier. Arizona State-Colorado we talked about. Cal-Arizona you referenced. Utah-Stanford. Okay, SEC. Vanderbilt at Georgia. One of my favorite trips. I think my eighth time. Oh, that's awesome. It's so much fun. Eighth time down they, there. I, I, and they won the last time they were down there. I can't remember the last time Vanderbilt lost at Georgia. I just, <laughs> I mean, two, they won two years ago. I, don't, yeah, I know. I know. I, listen, here's the deal. There are weapons for Vanderbilt to attack uh, Georgia, but they're going to have to be. I think you have to use a quick passing game in this one to actually get the ball out. Vanderbilt goes to Georgia, Florida, and Kentucky over the next three. Tough stretch for the Commodores. Then they get to go to two Arkansas, which is finally the schedule lightening up there. Uh, but Georgia, Florida, Kentucky in a row is pretty tough for Vanderbilt. Yeah. So Georgia, by the way, Vanderbilt, and then at LSU and Florida. So if they get by Vanderbilt, they're staring two of their biggest three games in the face. In the face. In the face. <laughs> 
<laughs> Alabama at Arkansas. Oktoberfest. Not suitable Coming for work. Coming to a town near you. <laughs> Alabama, yeah, Alabama. Not suitable for oh, work. God. Um, I think uh, it's not safe for work. NSFW. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. It's not safe Misspoke. for work. Yeah. ULM at Ole Miss. Mm. Louisiana Monroe at Ole mm. Miss. And then real quick, see if there's any intrigue in the group of five. There's really not SMU, UCF. is N- N- Navy eh. Air Force Air Force stinks, but Navy Air Force is always fun. Connecticut, Memphis. If Memphis decide get, they can score 90 points, even though they struggle to Tulane, but UConn's defense is horrible. Actually, big conference USA East matchup. Your alma mater, Middleton, one of your alma maters, Middle Tennessee, going to Marshall. That's a big one. UAB at Louisiana Tech. Uh, a lot of action, Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan, uh, Bowling Green. No, it's not a good game. Fresno <laughs> State. Now you're just reading off the paper. Fresno State at Nevada. Hey, Nevada's uh, doing some decent things under Jay Norvell. Uh, Utah State, BYU, upset alert. I like Utah State on the road against BYU. San Diego State at Boise State. Right. Ooh, that that should be good. That's tasty. That should be way better than it than it is. Well, what do you mean? It's supposed to be two two of the better teams in the group of five, and now it's like the last one on your list. Well, I'm just going by I'm going by league, Mountain West. You, you're going al- alphabetical, alphabetical or are you by going league, geographical. Yes, yeah, starting I'm starting in the uh, mountain time zone because that's the most important. Working your way back, yes, to God times God's time zone. Oh, here's it. Did you know there's a home and home? Two teams are playing a home and home in the same season this year. Okay. I don't know if it's ever been done, like except like in the ni- 1904 when like Tennessee played. played like, so the they're YMCA. playing a non-conference game and then a conference game. They're two independents. Oh. Liberty's going to New Mexico State later in the year. New Mexico State goes to Liberty. That's awesome. I I don't know if awesome <laughs> is the word I'd go with. Hey, two independents trying to fill out their schedule. Might as well play each other twice. It's just that is weird. Uh, very weird. Is there another one? You said there's two. No, that's it. The oh, those two, are the teams two teams are playing each other twice. Did, wasn't there one recently where they had scheduled each other as a non-conference game, and then, or maybe it was a bowl game that was a conference yeah, Utah game. State, Colorado State played in a bowl game, and then New Mexico in the I Arizona New, Bowl. Yeah, it was I, th- in the I thought there was bowl. a New Mexico involved in there somewhere, <laughs> but <laughs> but I, New Mexico. But like the way we were changing leagues there for a while, I wouldn't be surprised if a team had scheduled a non-conference game with Team X, Y, and Z, right. and then all of a sudden they found each other in the same league. Didn't North Carolina play Wake in a non-conference game a few years ago? Yes. See, learning things on the podcast. Here. But that's not a case of changing leagues, <laughs> and it's not a case of playing the same team twice. They should play back-to-back weeks. I don't know about that. I think no? I think one week of New Mexico Liberty, one New Mexico State Liberty is enough so weeks no, in a row, and then we need to give it some time to give, breathe. Give me Liberty or give me New Mexico State. <sighs> um, picks against the spread. Uh, yes, picks against the spread. Carry okay, on. Three and nine. Six and nine. I thought. Six and nine. Sorry. <laughs> Last week I had Tennessee plus thirty-two. Georgia covered. Covered. Florida State minus five over Louisville. Uh, one by four. Uh, Arkansas oh. State minus three over Georgia Southern. Red Wolves. Thanks for nothing. They Two lost. words. R yeah. W both capital. Yeah. This week, you writing them down? I got it. Texas A and M. I got m- minus five and a half is over okay. Kentucky. Northwestern plus eleven and a half at Michigan State. And Syracuse minus four and a half over Pitt at Pitt. Uh, I like Syracuse a lot in that one. I just think they're the better team. And I think Northwestern covers. I don't trust okay. Michigan State's okay. offense or their. Uh, of note, Texas has covered five consecutive times in the Red River Shootout. That is of note. Just yeah. Just to throw that out there. Played well. Um, Did you read the um, 
story on ESPN.com today about Mike Lee. Yes. Fake play. That was awesome. So good. He dropped a fake play chart in the last game of his career at, at Texas or at Oklahoma and drew up a play. Like, it was the scripted plays and and Texas and Oklahoma was up 17 nothing before they realized that it was intentionally dropped behind by Mike Leach to trick them. There also was a 1972 spying incident. There was a spy yes. gate in in the Red River shootout before the Patriots made it popular. I'm going to drop this on the Georgia sideline on Saturday. It's some dotted lines says Shermer to Lipscomb. It's a pass play 45 gonna, times this I'm gonna, year. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to trick them. Yep. Okay. You okay. heard it here first. Gotcha. You sound like someone who took Elijah Lipscomb in their fantasy league. I love that guy. He catches the ball. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Anything else? Uh, no. Um, it's it, like it's one of those typical. It's, big, it's, it's not, October, man. It's not, October. Not on paper the sexiest matchups, but every, you know, it always delivers. As yes. people say, college football always delivers. Yes, it does. ACC, by the way, and the SEC, the big focal point for me this weekend. Um, the ACC got Florida State, Miami, BC, Has NC State, S- Clemson, Wake Forest. A lot of good stuff there. Virginia Tech against Notre Dame. SEC got Florida, LSU, Auburn, Mississippi State, Kentucky, Texas A and M. You know, a lot of stuff to me. I'm focused on the ACC and the SEC. This you weekend. made the point before the season that the or early in the season two that the Pac-12 was so intriguing because every game was interesting because these teams were so even. Kind of, I think the SEC East is kind of that's what it's become. I think this this the the Pac-12 South is the SEC East without Georgia, but the SEC East is better. Those teams are better. I think I, I would agree with that. I just mean but from a like, balance. Yeah, standpoint. it's just like you've no idea, and like you got. And then there's Tennessee games. and UCLA. You got <laughs> who have had some really good games in the past. <laughs> they have. That's true. Uh, all right, man. Uh, enjoy the weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening to Oktoberfest again. Completely unique and creative idea by Mitch Light. Sorry for stealing that from you earlier <laughs> yeah, in the I, show. I apologize. Lawyer, you'll hear from our lawyers, and you can buy a T-shirt from me. Okay. Um, do, are you changing a? Or do you have a new brew, a new flavor, a pumpkin ale? <laughs> Perhaps. That's a great idea. Coming up, no one's ever heard of. No one's ever thought of that. Mitch Light, you can follow him on Twitter at Athlon Mitch. You can follow me at Braden Gall. This has been the Athlon Sports Cover 2 Podcast.